Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Dear Young Rocker is more than just a podcast about music. It's a memoir of how it feels to survive high school when you don't fit in and the freeing feeling of picking up a guitar for the first time. It's also advice for anyone who is or was young and has ever felt weird or alone. Dear Young Rocker is written and narrated by me, Chelsea Erson, executive produced by Jake Brennan, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. folks and welcome to movie crush it's chuck bryant here in the studio in atlanta and this week i was lucky enough to sit down with miss brandy posey she is well she's a comedian a comic very very funny and she is also one of the three co-hosts on lady to lady the the awesome podcast from the maximum fun network and i love those ladies and they're great um all the folks over at max fun are always so great and kind to me and they have such a great lineup of shows. But Brandy came in this week as part of the Red Clay Comedy Festival, so I was able to rope her into coming in the studio. And we had a great conversation about The Cable Guy, which was her uh, pick for favorite movie, and there was really no hesitation on this one. Brandy was all in on The Cable Guy. And, uh, of course, the Ben Stiller-directed film. He also had a little bit part in it uh, with the wonderful Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick and a whole host of uh, amazing co-stars like uh, Jack Black before he was really Jack Black and uh, a little-known Owen Wilson at the time. Uh, I think even uh, Mr. Bob Odenkirk has a small part. So it's really, thanks to Ben Stiller, chock full of of really, really funny people. George Siegel, I mean, does it get any better than that? So we had a really good talk about it, and uh, it's one of my favorite movies, and we, we exchanged our favorite lines and just had a really good time. So... Here we go with Brandy Posey and the Cable Guy. So where did you grow up? Uh, Baltimore. Well, I say Baltimore because nobody actually knows anything about Maryland. Um, You're probably right there. Yeah. Um, like like half an hour outside of Baltimore. Okay. 45 from D.C. So like Baltimore, D.C. suburbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 minutes from Annapolis. Like that was the city I always went to. Oh, okay. Which is cute because it's all like cobblestone roads and the Naval Academy is there. Uh-huh. And it's like on the water. It's great. Yeah. And like everyone I know where I grew up has at least like one like spy in their family basically. Oh, really? Because we're in the D.C. suburbs. Wow. Like everybody has somebody in their family that works for the government. And you well, don't, I never really thought about that. that. Yeah. It's a weird place. My next door neighbor – was um, a Secret Service guy for George W. Bush. Oh, wow. And he was, like, always in, like, the background of shots whenever uh-huh. Bush was on TV. You'd just be like, oh, it's Steve. 
just, you know, gonna take a, <laughs> gonna take a bullet for the president. Just see him outside, like, painting his fences all the time. You're like, oh, hi, Steve. Glad you didn't get shot yet. Oh, you thought he was painting fences. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just protecting. We, um, just did a, uh, Stuff You Should Know episode on Secret Service. So, oh. right afterward, I did all this research and I was like, man, that, that's a sitcom yeah. that needs to happen. Truly. Is, uh, like a Veep style, uh, Secret Service sitcom. Yeah. So, I, wrote down some notes and then I'll never touch it again. <laughs> so you can have it if you want it. Well, I like the idea of like a show about like the West Wing, but like the working class of the West Wing. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, like what's happening with the chefs? Like what? It, yeah, yeah, the White House chefs. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah, exactly. That'd yeah. be very cool. Secret Service guys. I like I like all the uh, uh, everyone's code names are always really fun. Uh-huh. That's my favorite part about being – I think that would be my favorite part about being president. Choosing like, a code name? Yeah. And for like, everything? People have to call you <laughs> by your code name. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Did you go to – like what was your relationship to movies growing up? Were you like a, a mall kid who was always in the theater? Or, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always went to like – I was obsessed with TV and movies and stuff like that when, when I was a kid. Like it's, I remember the first movie I ever remember seeing was Total Recall. Like, I remember oh, wow. being, like, f- like three uh-huh. and seeing Total Recall. Like, it, like, like, <laughs> yes. too young. Um, horror movies are the only movies I don't mess with because when oh, I was- Oh, still? Yeah. Because when I was four, I went to my first sleepover mm-hmm. in my ballet, with my ballet class, and the parents showed us Child's Play 2. What? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. And Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. And it- ruined my life for yeah. a good five to ten years <laughs> and i still am just like now nah, i'm good i don't like the way that makes me feel right i don't like it yeah yeah um it's not like gore or anything like that but it's it's more just like the the stress of it i don't know but i to this day i can't i can't look at chucky i can't deal with it i've never yeah. watched any of the other movies and it sucks because that um that like string of movies has become like so ridiculous too oh, yeah. people are like oh you're scared of those and i'm like ah, i mean i was four and i had dolls <laughs> My dad had these – I built these shelves on the top of my room that, like, all my, my like, dolls and, like, toys sat on. Uh-huh. And so before that, it was cute. But then after that, yeah, over, they just, creepy. like, watched me sleep. Uh-huh. So I would, like, throw the covers over myself and, like, contort myself to look like uh, dirty laundry. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, my thought process. I was like, this is how I'll survive the night. Uh-huh. And I did that. Didn't tell my dad for, like, five years. Because I didn't want my my dolls to overhear me right. telling my parents right. that I was afraid they were going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. So I made a hell of my own making. It's <laughs> funny, uh, that sheet uh, protection thing. Yeah. Like, do you still do that? Not so, not, yeah. not the, like, make yourself into laundry, but yeah. do you still feel protected by a bed sheet? I do. Yeah. It is like you can't just, like, it... I have to be in a very special place to be able to take a nap without a blanket of some kind. You know what I mean? You can't just like sleep. Uh-huh. I mean, I watch my, my dad is like the king of like the lazy boy nap. And I'm always like, how are you doing that? You're so, right. you're so exposed. <laughs> yeah. How do you not, I could slit your throat right now. So you don't sleep on planes or anything like that? I, I can on that kind of stuff. Right. Because I, I guess I trust the TSA. <laughs> mm. I mean, I definitely shouldn't because I've gotten some shit through. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but no, I, 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 when, when it's like convenience versus not, like when I'm just like, I don't want to be awake for this next six hours, uh-huh. I can like knock myself out on a plane. Yeah. I can sleep sitting up, like that kind of like sitting. Yeah, me too. But laying down, I feel like I need a blanket or some kind. Otherwise, I, I just feel like I'm going to get murdered. Yeah, I think that's super common. Like I yeah. have literally, and it wasn't a conscious thing, but in the past, like, I feel like in the past five or six years mm-hmm. have just like started sleeping on top of all covers. Wow. Uh at night. 
What's where it, it doesn't bother me. What's it feel like to have that kind of confidence? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel bulletproof, Randy. Yeah, man. Um, it's weird though, because sometimes though I'll wake up, like uh, not necessarily a nightmare, but you know, just that like wake up when you just feel like slightly disturbed or whatever, mm-hmm. and I will get under the cover so fast yeah. that like your head will spin. And yeah. so it's still a thing for sure. It's probably some caveman thing that we don't 100. percent I bet you're right. With, you yeah. know, I always think about that whenever, like, you know, your hair standing up on edge, and I'm just like, what did my right. uh, the the eight percent of me that's Neanderthal? What are they thinking right now? Yeah. What's going on? I mean, all all this shit comes from that. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So much of it does. Yeah. If you boil it down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you were talking about the sleepover though. Like, uh-huh. were your parents strict about stuff, or could you get away with watching kind of whatever? It's weird because like I, my dad's like an action movie guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, is sci-fi, and I could watch anything with him. Right. Um, my but I, I I wasn't allowed. It was very lax, but I, but I also like never pushed it. But I wasn't really allowed to watch MTV or The Simpsons or Married with Children. Oh, it, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, Oh no, come on, Mom, let me watch Married with Children. Yeah, it's like no, but I. That's funny. I also just it's like I don't have like that encyclopedic knowledge of The Simpsons the way so many like uh-huh. my friends do because I'm I've seen most of the good episodes, but right. like, not like I don't have like that. Yeah. Some people just have that well of Simpsons knowledge that I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've got some for the early, like, I mean, I was a big, big fan for the first. Yeah. The good years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I've heard it's good again, but I quit watching eventually, you know? Yeah. Well, there's so much. It's hard. Yeah. There's so much out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I watched a ton of movies. Like, I, I could watch anything with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was always down to see stuff. And I always – I remember, like – begging to be able to go see stuff at the theaters. Like, that's where all my money went to. Right. Yeah. My, my, my money has, like, I don't I don't drink or smoke or do drugs. So my, my money has always gone towards uh-huh. uh, movies and, like, concerts. Right. <laughs> that's, like, where I'm always just yeah. as broke as my other friends. But I'm like, no, I saw a band five times. Right. <laughs> on a door, so. Well, that's valuable, though. Yeah. Oh, I think so. 100%. It's better than wasting your money on drugs, right? I think so. Kids. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. Hear that? <laughs> so you grew up with your... Well, you're younger than me, so you probably were all DVD, right? Not or did you really. have a little VHS a little, going on? I had VHS. I'm, so I'm 33. Uh, I, I, DVDs didn't really become a thing until I was like maybe a freshman in college or maybe my senior year of high oh, school. Oh, okay. So your, your main media as a kid. Yeah, it was, was all VHS. VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I resented DVDs. Mm-hmm. And to this day, out of spite, will not buy Blu-rays because – Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just I, – They're I, too good. I just resent having to rebuy things that I oh, love in different media. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I like still have my VHS collection at home in Maryland. It's uh-huh. in like a box and it's like, no, these were, these were the tapes that I watched over and over again yeah. with the previews that I love. Uh-huh. You know, and like that's just, you know, it's like my sacred stuff. Like all yeah. of, I, I'm a huge Jim Carrey freak and I have like every, every one of Jim Carrey's movies like until 2002 or whatever on VHS and it's just like that's – I will never rebuy them. Yeah. Because also the OCD part of my brain is once I rebuy one of them, I need all of them. Yeah. And I'm trying not to just have like physical media. So it's like, right. you know, no. So I, I resent when, when – I, I bought a couple of DVDs, had a bunch of those for a while and then when Blu-ray came out, I was like, oh, OK. Your box isn't even the same size? Yeah. Screw you. What are you doing? <laughs> Make it the same size. Some of us don't want to have to redo this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll do it. Well, that's a good segue into Cable Guy, which yeah. you're – what was the other movie you were going to choose? Uh, probably either Zoolander or Ace Ventura 2. might have been Ace Ventura 2. Oh, I think it was even something different. I got a 
couple on the top. I mean, there's, it's, it's tough because, yeah. and this across the board, everyone that I've asked immediately, um, I think goes into a mild panic yeah. about going public. <laughs> and that's kind of part of the show is like, well, for sure. a favorite movie is a big thing to say out loud mm-hmm. to people. Well, and it's so hard because I feel like, I feel like movies in, in a lot of ways, if you, if you love the medium, like they, they kind of work the same way music does, where uh-huh. it's like, I I definitely rewatch stuff as like comfort food a lot more than I think sure. to seek anything new out. Like I don't, I really like dramas. I have to really be in the right mood to watch it because uh-huh. I mostly just want to like use movies as like an escape and like right. that kind of thing. Like yeah. that's definitely where my sweet spot with it goes. So yeah, it's such a personal choice, but it's also like I have so many different things for for different for for what I, what I need in the moment. Right. You know more than anything else. But well. Yeah. Uh, What's your? Let's talk about Jim Carrey for a minute, then. Yeah, let's let's talk about him. What's uh? <laughs> wh- where did that start? What what was? Give me your history there. So Jim Carrey, I like uh, to this day have not missed the opening day of a Jim Carrey movie since really? Century Two. It's a tradition that I keep for myself. That's so great. Tradition. I love that. That includes a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, number twenty three, everything. Oh, sure. I yeah. mean, I've I, I like saw, some bad stuff even. Yeah, yeah, but but I also like. He has never been bad in a bad movie, if that makes sense, uh-huh. where even if the movie is not good, he brings – I understand why he picked all the stuff that he picked because I'm like, on paper, this seemed interesting. Right. And your part is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you just, and a lot of people just don't know how to manage him correctly. What was uh, number 23? Was that any good? I mean, I remember it. It's it, it better. It was the – not horror, right? Thriller? It's a thriller. Uh-huh. It's better than you think it's going to be. have to check that out. Yeah. It, 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 it's actually – the first two acts are really good. The third act kind of falls apart, but I blame that on Joel Schumacher. Um, more yeah. than anything else. Well, yeah. I there's mean, a lot you can blame on Joel Schumacher. <laughs> truly. Um, but when I was a kid, the, I remember seeing uh, Ace Ventura 2 mm-hmm. in the movie theater. I, I, I had a good grandma and a bad grandma. Bad, bad grandma took me and my brother to a movie, and it was Ace Ventura 2. Uh-huh. And bad I, as in permissive or? No, just like not. She not, was like not fun and awesome. Sicilian okay. Catholic grandmother, <laughs> yeah. had crackers, no, no, like, no snacks, would always watch golf. And like, didn't think children should speak. Yeah, gotcha. But she like out of because my other grandmother was so great and uh-huh. like was cool and like taught us to read and played cards with us and stuff. So every once in a while, out of like some sort of guilt, my bad grandma would be like, "Fine, we'll go to a movie. What do you guys want to go see?" So uh-huh. she took us to go see Ace Ventura too, which was like the first time I think I really knew who Jim Carrey was. Would she actually go to the movie, or would she just drop you off? And- she came to the movie. Oh wow! And she hated that movie <sighs> in such a deep way. That says a lot. Until the day that she died, uh-huh. every time that she would see me, the first thing that she would ask me is, do you still like that Jim Carrey? Really? L- truly. Wow. Truly. For the next 25 years. <laughs> and like, and then I would say, yes, he is a childhood hero of mine. Yeah. And she would just go, ugh. And then she would never ask me another question about myself. Wow. I remained a mystery to her until she died because yeah. she could not get over that movie. <laughs> That's how deep the spite runs in my veins. <laughs> Man, that is bad grandma. Yeah, it's no, not, not a good grandma. She wasn't very fun. My other one was like my best friend, so I was lucky right. in that way. That's but good. um but that movie, I remember Ace Ventura too, and it was like he is this like this mix of like innocence and anarchy on screen together that yeah. I always like I I was never a shy kid, but I was always a quiet kid. Uh-huh. Like, I never really – I've never been one to, like, fight for a place in conversation. I'm always just like, okay, I'm not going to, like – you want to hear me talk, you can ask me. Right. Like, I'm not going to, like, sit here and, like, try to jump in because, uh-huh. you know. But I, I, he just, like, was such, like, the opposite of all of that in his movies that it was, like, this – he re- represented, like, this other side of the spectrum uh-huh. that I'd never 
I never realized that's how far the spectrum went. So yeah. it like he like inspired me to come out of my shell a little bit because he was just like very just so outgoing in that stuff and was yeah. just so present and crazy and just was oh man I just I I was obsessed with him and then like reading his bio and stuff as a kid like I mean his his life his early life was really crazy yeah yeah you know he's like homeless in Canada uh-huh. like you know I mean his like he's he's got like a really really interesting story and I just was like really obsessed with like you came from nothing and you yeah. made yourself into this and he just really like was like a hero of mine as a kid yeah I remember hearing the um one story about he he wrote himself a check or something like that yeah well, um, so he like um, he he was a comedian for a long time. And he got a show in Los Angeles uh, called uh, the Duck Factory, which you haven't heard of it because it only had eight, ep- eight episodes. Oh wow! And he played like the straight man, which is no, it's <laughs> yeah. I've seen clips. It's not great. Um, but he moved his whole family to Canada, and he had like a his his dad was like a CPA, but he got fired because of right. computers, and he could never get another job. His mom was a hypochondriac who was always in bed, so he like moved them here to take care of them and then the show gets canceled mm-hmm. and he like can't afford to keep his parents here anymore so he like drove to the top of Mulholland Drive and like wrote him a check himself a check for like 10 million dollars wow. and like kept it in his wallet until he could cash it just as like a this is the goal yep and i need to like this is what i need to like move on and just yeah. like that kind of like single-minded just determination is yeah. just always just he's just been very inspirational in a lot of ways and he's obviously like problematic and a weirdo and i never actually want to meet him because I'm like, i was gonna ask you if you had no uh yeah. no i i could uh but it would have to be in very specific circumstances right he means too much to, yeah, for, no, for it to be a passing thing yeah meeting your heroes is that's yeah. a dodgy thing yeah and he and he i he he is like it's like him and maybe patrick stewart but i know patrick stewart would be cool so like jim carrey right. is, and jim carrey would be too by all accounts he's like a nice guy mm-hmm. but i think he's just like he he lives in such a rarefied air yeah. that it's like how do you I don't he's he's met too many people. I think yeah. you like you meet too many people and then you have no more room to actually know how to meet a person anymore at a certain point. Well, and you know, once you get to that the rarefied air that he yeah. lives in, it's just I don't know, it's tough yeah. to be a normal. Yeah, no, you know? exactly. Exactly. And he's he's not a normal anyway. No, like in he the never best was. in the best ways. Yeah. It's like what makes him unique and amazing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. So he's a uh, yeah. He's he's been like my hero for a long forever. I mean, like I talked like Ace Ventura for like three years in elementary school. Right. Like I mean, like his <laughs> like all of his catchphrases. Like I that was my thing. I loved him. All right. So that came out. Those movies came out when you were a kid. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. So Did I, you have in Living Color at all, or you're probably a little too young for that? I'm a little bit too young for yeah. it. I watched it later after right. that. But so like, brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah. And I used to have like his episode of SNL that he hosted. Uh-huh. I forget for which movie that was for, but his his first SNL appearance is also like one of the best episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's like where. Uh, the Roxbury guys are in it. You know, there's the cheerleader sketches with oh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this insane sketch with um, him as a lifeguard at a hot tub. Uh huh. I remember and that. There, and there's um, Ride the Snake, which is this weird like weight loss infomercial, which was like the sketch right before the end of the show. Well, yeah, which is always the weird, yeah. awesome one. And it's like basically, I forget that it's like Jimmy something or other, and it's um. It's basically, hey, it's a weight loss formula, and it's like crystal meth as a weight loss, uh, and it's right. just Jim Carrey just as this maniacal, <laughs> yeah, crazy guy. Just do your thing. And it's like him, and then Will Ferrell like does – Will Ferrell is in all these sketches too, and it's like pre-before he would, we knew him as him at right. all. Yeah. And it's so cool because he's this weird straight man in a lot of sketches. Uh-huh. And you're like, man, Jim Carrey like makes Will Ferrell a straight man. Yeah. That's crazy. 
and he's in this this sketch with Jim Carrey, and it's it's really funny because it's just like um they have this like uh, devil off basically with each other, and like they both like, explode into <laughs> blood, and it's just it's so it's like. All of my favorite shit about him together in one place. Did you see the um, Comedians in Cars episode with him and Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, I didn't know he did one. Yeah. Oh, is that good? It is. It is? Okay. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on Jerry. Rough. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved Seinfeld a lot when it was on. Uh-huh. Um, it meant a lot to me, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but just... now the old cur- curmudgeon that he's become. <laughs> yeah. I just like all the like college PC stuff just makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. What colleges are you playing, dude? Like, yeah. You don't know yourself. Like stop parroting your rich friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like I agree. He yeah. kind of needs to cool out that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you should check out the Jim Carrey thing at least. I, I didn't it's know you good. did one. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. And then um, toward the end of the episode, they go to his art studio because he's, yeah, he's a you know, really into that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just exciting. It's like there's a, that little documentary about him painting uh-huh. that they did, and it, it made me happy. Like I, I always want him to be happy. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's just exciting that it's like okay, you have something that like makes you feel good. Yeah, awesome. I want you to always feel that because like the amount of like joy that he's given to other people, mm-hmm. you hope that they can like find some of that for themselves yeah. in like a constructive way that isn't you know tearing them apart somehow. Yeah, is he? Is he interested in acting still? Does he? What was he, the last thing he was in? Uh. Let's see. Well, he did kick ass too. Um, oh, was he in that? Yeah, yeah. I never saw that. Mm-hmm. He's he's very good in it. It's not a good movie. Uh-huh. Um, I love the first one. Yeah, me too. He the second one just it it it, it forgot what people liked about the first uh-huh. one. Um, but he's very good in it. Um, he's got a couple of like weird small parts in indie movies coming out. There's well, like that's a, a good move for him. I think. I yeah. My my hope and dream is that like the people that were obsessed with him when we were kids like are just starting to like get power in Hollywood and are starting to make stuff mm. and I really want to see him do some cool weird cameos and things. Yeah. Like I feel like people are like okay, now I can pay it forward to Jim Carrey with like a part that understands him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like I'm hoping that's like what happens next. Yeah, like you know? he doesn't need to um I mean obviously he's got all the money in the world but yeah. he doesn't need to even though we love those movies, he doesn't yeah. need to do those uh, Jim Carrey movies anymore. Well, and I, I think that like the genres of comedy right now have kind of like switched in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He used to do high concept, highly scripted like movies that were like you know very precise. Yeah, and pretty family friendly. Yeah, for the most part. Uh huh. And comedy has kind of like shifted for a minute into these more like kind of like riffy, looser, mm-hmm. you know, more R-rated comedy stuff. Yeah. And like. Jim Carrey's not like a riffer like that. Even no. his like physical pieces, like he maps that stuff out yeah. and brings in pieces and then he will kind of like play with it on set for like 15 takes or something uh-huh. to get it right. But it's always like pre-planned. Yeah, he's – that's what I always appreciate about him is um, mm-hmm. you, you never get the sense that he's goofing around. No. Like you can tell he's someone who takes it very seriously yeah. and – Really, really wants to do like the best job that he can do. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like that work ethic is always one of those things that I've always like really admired yeah. him too. Of just being like, you know, there's that scene in the first Ace Ventura where he like, um, he's there at the mental institute and he's like wearing a tutu and they uh-huh. do this weird like backwards <laughs> oh, rewind. Yeah. That scene <laughs> that's so, so silly, uh-huh. but like that's a piece that he brought to set. And was like, cool, this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to get it from these angles. And, like, I'm going to hit it every single time. Yeah. And that's just like. And it's amazing. Like, it's a silly movie. Mm -hmm. But when you look at something like that and break it down, like that scene, Mm -hmm. it's just perfectly executed. Yeah. 
nails it every time. And mm-hmm. like every there isn't it's there's no meat on that bone anymore. You yeah. know, like it's like every moment that there is something for there to be something funny, mm-hmm. like he's analyzed it and like like pulled it all off. It's awesome. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join, Join us. If you want. Obviously, we never force anyone to just blindly... Join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please... Join, Join us. On Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash Last Podcast to listen free. So when did um when did when did Cable Guy come into your life? Cable Guy, well, I saw it in theaters. Okay, uh, opening day, uh, um, which was when that that's like ninety six. Uh, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because it was before Truman Show. Um, so I saw, I saw that. I saw it in theaters. I really, I liked it. I think I was like too young to really understand it, but mm-hmm. I liked that it was like something different. Well, there's a lot more going on. Yeah. Uh, than meets the eye. For sure. It's interesting. Like, rewatches of it are really interesting, too, especially now, because there's so much of it that's kind of, like, been weirdly predicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that whole monologue at the end where he's like, oh, you can play, you know, play video games with your friend in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, uh, oh, man. pretty soon, uh, I even wrote that part down, because we did talk a little bit uh, online about, you and I did, mm-hmm. just about how ahead of its time it was. Yeah. But, yeah, at the end, he, when he says, uh, pretty soon you'll be able to integrate your TV, your phone, and your computer do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat with a friend from Vietnam. Yeah. And it's crazy because that was – I mean it wasn't like he said that in the 70s. It's 21 years ago though. Yeah, that shit wasn't going on no. at that time to that degree. No. Uh-uh. The internet was barely a thing. Yeah. You know, I had like a screen name. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Like chat rooms mm-hmm. was the thing. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw the cable guy. I always really liked it because there's a co- – I mean, when I first saw it, it was like the big pieces like um, the medieval time scene I really liked. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's – and it's also like a little bit dirty because of the porno password scene that like Great I like scene. did not understand. But uh-huh. I was like, oh, man, this is funny right. and weird. <laughs> I don't get it. But you can appreciate that scene so much more now. Oh, for Sure. It's so great. And yeah. George Siegel and uh, oh, God. Uh, I wrote down the mom's name, Diane, Diane Baker. Baker. Yeah. Um, and while well, Odenkirk's in that scene. Yeah. And it's just like, well, first of all, the cast it's, is there's ridiculous. So many, there's so many nuggets in that movie watching it now that you're like, what? Yeah. Who? What? Are you kidding? Because it's like um, Ben Stiller directed it. Right. Apatow produced it. Uh-huh. I mean, Leslie Mann's in it. You know, Junior Garofalo's in it. It's a Jack Black before Jack Black was Jack Black. Owen Wilson before Owen Wilson. That scene, that scene is so funny. I love, that salt peanut scene is like that kills me. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's one of my favorite scenes because Owen Wilson is well, it was before like anyone yeah. knew who he was, and he was so obnoxious yeah. as that douchebag uh, guy when mm-hmm. he's you know he's clearly not listening to her, not interested in her. Yeah, and then says. Uh, you're sexy. And she goes, what? You heard me. Yeah. And it's just like, cool. it makes your skin crawl. Yeah. And then the, the bathroom scene where he gets his ass kicked is like so Jim Carrey <laughs> at his like yes. peak 
physical mm-hmm. powers. Yeah, it, it, he's incredibly physical. It's also like this weird like Dada comedy mix. Of, like, oh yeah, I love it when his like he takes those scenes to this weird like surrealist place. <laughs> you know, it's like practically nonverbal. Yeah, um, and he's just like dancing and beating him up. And well, with the jazz is, thing, oh, and gosh. I still say every any time like I hear jazz or something, I go salt peanuts. Salt peanuts. There's peanuts. a lot of. Uh, Lines actually. This is kind of one of my brother and mine uh, big movies. Oh yeah, that awesome. will still quote stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that line is a big one. And then my brother always throws out. Uh, I think he was definitely Asian. Asian. Oh, true. <laughs> Literally, me and my friends leave voicemails of just that really? to each other all the time. Yeah, me and my friend Katie. That's like always how we end a voicemail to each other. It's so great. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Well, it's kind of, and I think Ben Stiller even said this in an interview mm-hmm. that I was reading about it that it was it was basically like an extended Ben Stiller show sketch. Yeah, that they gave him uh, what forty seven million dollars mm-hmm. to make. Yeah, and it was a big deal at the time because Jim Carrey. That was the record payday. I think he made twenty million. Yeah, that twenty million point. bucks, which yeah. was a record, and it was mm-hmm. it was in all the news. It was a big deal. Yeah, and um, like deservedly. Yeah, obviously, truly. But it like I always felt bad that that's what made the news. Yeah, about this movie. Well, and I think a big reason I st- I love that movie too much so much too is also that like people that's kind of when people started turning on him because they're like you're not worth twenty million, right? And I was like he is though. Yeah. You're jerk, like, and I, I was like, no, I'm gonna support this movie. I'm gonna mm-hmm. support him a hundred percent from here on out. Yeah, because you're gonna squander him, like, after he worked this hard to get all of this stuff. Uh-huh. And this movie's great. Yeah, like people just want to tear people down. Well, and that was the time where I first started to get on. Like, you're right. There was a big mm-hmm. blowback from you yeah. know, kind of like what we hear nowadays about these Hollywood elite. Yeah, like making this kind of dough. But mm-hmm. when Jim Carrey makes a movie, especially back then, yeah. That would gross a couple of hundred million dollars. Yeah. He is the lone reason. Mm-hmm. Like, He's the of guy. course he should get that dough. Yeah. Because if not, it's a, a studio or some shitty executive. Yeah. And like, that's an unconscionable thing about yeah, that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, no, an executive shouldn't get that money. No. Like, there should barely be executives. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, unless you're listening, then you're great. Um, no, I love your side of the industry. <laughs> right. I'm available. You make all great choices. <laughs> but no, like, yeah. uh, 20 million bucks, and then they, uh, I don't know when the back deal started, but mm-hmm. I was all for that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, you're, you're the face. You're, it's your yep. face that is risking it, too, mm-hmm. because of, you know, I mean, that movie tanked, and then it kind of, like, took him a minute to yeah. kind of come back from that. And then he came back, that's when the serious movie started, is after Cable Guy. Yeah. Because Truman Show was 98. Uh, Truman Show was so good. Um, the Majestic is close around that time. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, I forgot about Majestic. Yeah. That was okay. It's fine. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I understand because he was a huge Jimmy Stewart fan, uh-huh. so I know why he did it because totally. he wanted to make a Frank Capra movie. Yep, and it's um it's way too long, but that movie is also so weird because halfway through it becomes a different movie. Yeah, because it's like a love story, and then it becomes a Senate hearing. Yeah, <laughs> about yeah. McCarthyism. It was a little like, weird. What? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 an interesting it's interesting to like go and rewatch that and be like, huh, yeah, you guys needed a good editor. But yeah, and then it would have been great. I think I was so into Truman Show, though. I was obsessed with that movie. Too. Yeah, really, really, really loved that movie. And also another movie that just has predicted so much. Yeah, you know, I mean, but like from like the, oh for sure. Yeah, I mean, just reality uh-huh. TV in so many ways. Like between remember that and Ed TV came out at the same time. Yeah, and that we, tanked. Yeah, Ed TV did not do good, but it's yeah, like Truman Show just it killed it. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and like, so that kind of was like, Cable Guy was his last real comedy for a, for a minute because right. I, th- 
I think Liar Liar was before this, maybe, or maybe Liar Liar might have been shot before this. But his like choices were, uh-huh. you know, he kind of moved in a different direction for a while. Yeah, but Cable Guy was different to me. Like, yeah, um, it's a different comedy from any other comedy. Yeah, time. for sure. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Liar Liar and Ace Ventura. Mm-hmm. I feel like the those characters. The, well, Ace Ventura yeah. was totally a character. Yeah. Um, liar, liar. I mean, very funny. Like, yeah. still some of my favorite like Jim Carrey comedy bits from oh, that movie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, and also just like the height of like here is a premise. Let's hit it as many times as we yeah, can. Yeah, exactly. They ex- exhausted it. Yeah, and like that. You know, just a good lesson in comedy writing of like how yeah. to do that kind of thing. But this yeah. character, uh, mm-hmm. Chip Chip Douglas, mm-hmm. was. Um, very risky for him at the time, I think. Very. And, uh, just, and again, in rewatching a lot of it today, mm-hmm. and then I saw a couple of weeks ago it was on, so I was watching it. Yeah. It's kind of one of those movies for me, too. It, whenever it's on, I Yeah, if watch it's it. on, it's kind of hard to turn it off. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, the character was just so great, mm-hmm. and risky, and weird, and, uh, dark. Yeah, and layered in a way that he hadn't really done yet. Like, uh-huh. He hadn't, you know, he hadn't been written anything that had this kind of sad undercurrent underneath of it. Yeah, this lonely guy with a yeah. with a lisp mm-hmm. and um yeah. Well, yeah, I mean all those scenes where they cut from like the, when you finally like see his backstory as the little kid that's yeah. just like in front of the TV with his mom that's going so up. Sad. And you're just like, "Oh man." Yeah. And then cutting to like him in the future and you're like, "What was this guy's life like?" Yeah. And like Jim he just he brings like He's always like he he just like wears so much vulnerability in any part that he's done, and I think uh-huh. he always has. It's like even in those like more childish roles, it's like to be that physically open is also yeah. vulnerable in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it, it's cool to see him like use it, like it expose himself in like that you know yeah. in in so many different ways for sure. Um, I yeah. did a little research, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently. Uh, well, it was originally written for Chris Farley. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Which would have been obviously a completely different movie. Completely. Do you know that the original Ace Ventura was for uh, uh, Brian Regan? Who? Brian, he's a touring stand-up comic. He's like huge. He's a huge guy, but he's like a clean comic. Oh. Um, who he's very good. Uh huh. He's like you know, he, but he. I probably he, recognize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, but he's like kind of like a tall, like from Wisconsin. I don't know if he's from Wisconsin, but he has that Wisconsinness about him. Yeah, <laughs> would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, and Jim Carrey like rewrote it completely when he got it instead. Well, yeah. and that's kind of what happened yeah. here, apparently. Um, and you probably know all this stuff, but yeah, for the but sake no, for of the listeners, listeners, yeah. Um, Apatow was gonna direct, but the studio he was kind of not a big enough name yet. Yeah. Uh, so they brought in Stiller, but uh, apparently it was much lighter. Yeah. A lighter comedy is originally written by Lou Holtz Jr. Mm-hmm. And they kept going back. And I think Appetite fought for screenwriting credit yeah. because they rewrote so much of it. Mm-hmm. And um, Stiller said in the end he he almost for every scene shot sort of a lighter version and a darker version. Oh, wow. Uh, because the studio was kind of insistent yeah. uh, even though they wanted the darker version. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean obviously they probably used most of the darker stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the tone of the movie. Yeah. It was black. Black comedy. Yeah, black comedy. And I think like, maybe one of the first ones that I knew what that meant. Yeah. Like, I don't think I – obviously, others had existed before, but I think that was the first time it became a thing to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is where I want to live. <laughs> for yeah, right for sure. Yeah. And I think um, Jim Carrey was – I think the only way, the place that he gave was he really was insistent that he die at the end. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they – 
brought him as close to death as you could and yeah. still had kind of a nice ending. No, yeah, no, It definitely. wasn't like a happy ending, but no. maybe slightly hopeful, which yeah. is okay. No, exactly. You're like, oh, that guy ends up at a mental institute. And like, <laughs> maybe he makes a friend, but maybe he gets some weird friends there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe not so hopeful. Yeah, exactly. But it definitely, it never struck me as like a sellout. No. Or anything that they, they tagged a happy ending. No, I think, I think, I, I think it, I kind of like it that way. I always like it when his movies are a little bit open ended because you're like, well, yeah. well, what if? And, and it's also like that it would be a little bit too clean if that guy died. Uh huh. You know, it's like, cause that guy's always going to be out there. Right. You know, that guy's always living, you know, that guy's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like, yeah, no, they don't go, they don't go away that easy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Broderick, got to talk about Broderick. Yep. He's, uh, one of my favorite people. Yeah. And, um, uh, what was he, um, the Meg Ryan movies, one of my favorite movies. Oh gosh, I'm blanking out now. Uh, Addicted to Love. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorites. Uh, nice. and, Obviously, growing up with Ferris Bueller and all that Bueller, stuff, yeah. but he's so perfectly cast in this movie, truly, as the the straight guy and yeah. um, the Up scene tight, that yeah. yeah tight ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene that really gets me though is the um, is the the family scene that we were talking about yeah. earlier mm-hmm. when he when he you know goes in early and tells everyone you know you look rested, <laughs> so he's he's convinced the family. That uh-huh. he's he's uh, losing it and accusing him of all these weird things. Yeah, and it's so ridiculous. But the entire family, of course, is on uh, Jim Carrey's side. Yeah, which to- that's the only way you could play that whole sequence. Yeah, you have to. But uh, Broderick is so good in that one when he eventually snaps. And... <sighs> it's is he's so good at just being a wound top. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's so funny that. We know him in Ferris Bueller as the exact opposite of that, but to see him play that kind of just tight, like, uh-huh. ah, come on, yeah, it's, it's really great. Yeah. And uh, Leslie Mann, who mm-hmm. you said earlier, you can never remember her name. I don't know why. For some reason, I'm always like, not Meg Ryan. It's not Meg Ryan. It's it's not Elizabeth Banks because she wasn't real yet. There's just something yeah. about like that blonde girl that just doesn't like st- stick with me. And I, I, I used to confuse yeah. her with Elizabeth Banks too. I think. Yeah. Like earlier in both of their careers, before I had mm-hmm. a clear distinction. Yeah. Uh, but she, I mean, she didn't have a huge part in this. But I think that's where mm-hmm. she and Apatow actually met. Oh, that's cool. And. Uh, you know, fell in love and got married. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's she's good. She's good in it. It's you know, it's just not that's not a prominent character. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's the two the two of their like um, like I buy her. She's enough of a canvas that I buy her with Matthew Broderick or with Jim Carrey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In the movie too, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see you just kind of going through life doing your thing. <laughs> uh, basketball scene. Oh my gosh! One of my favorite parts in the whole movie Amazing. is that ridiculous uh, warm up. <laughs> drill that he does. He's just running back and forth. Yeah, and then eventually is running like two feet at a time and then kind of trips over himself and, and the, the sound design with the sneaker squeaks and everything. And he's just the loudest steps just when he just runs up to them like, yeah. all right, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, it's all ridiculous and over the top, but it yeah. totally works because, again, it just feels like sort of a Ben Stiller sketch. Yeah. Like it had that vibe. I don't know if you ever got to watch that show. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've, I have that on DVD. Oh, okay. I, that's a DVD that I do own. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that was post VHS probably. Yeah, no, I mean, that scene, that scene's just, it's just fun. There's just so many, like, it, it almost, like, so many, like, there's so many, like, physical p- pieces that it just feels like it's, like, it always felt like it was, like, Jim Carrey's, like, comedy growing up a little bit. Uh uh-huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. There's something that's just, like, you know, everything's a little bit edgier, but it's still the same kind of ridiculousness, but it's, like, not whimsical. Yeah. There's, like, an edge to it now. Yeah, I think I, what I really liked about Cable Guy, though, like, I love Ace Ventura and, yeah. 
um, and those earlier movies. Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. But they were just comedy, comedy, comedy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I like that Cable Guy had something to say. Yeah. And it had that framework of mm-hmm. people being glued to their TV. I mean, sort of like Truman Show in, yeah. in a way. And the whole undercurrent of the... The Sam Sweet uh, trial. That, yeah, uh, the Menendez <laughs> brothers, yeah. <laughs> ben, ben Stiller played. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it was just kind of cool that it it didn't hit you over the head with it, but like yeah. there was clearly a statement going yeah, on there. For sure. About latchkey kids and, mm-hmm. and parenting and yeah. sitting them down in front of the TV and everyone just being all consumed. Totally. Well, so and like, it was cool. And it's interesting because like, I, I wasn't a latchkey kid, latchkey kid, but I watched a lot of TV and movies. Yeah. Um, Same here. But like I – I so I found – obviously I watched the movie 96 and I would watch it here and there. But then like – here's where we bring up 9-11 on your movie podcast. <laughs> um, but after, I saw so from D.C. basically and it like obviously was a huge deal. But, right. Uh, to everybody, not even just from D.C. obviously. But um, Yeah, but if you were in D.C. or New York. Yeah. Sure. It's like – well, like on the day, I, I – I, where I went to high school, like – I had friends that didn't know where their parents were because their parents were spies. Jesus. So you just like nobody knew where their parents were. Yeah. Um, for like hours. And it was the whole thing. I got into a fight with a kid in my health class because he was like, hell yeah, no football practice. And I was like, Tanya doesn't know where the fuck her parents right. are. Exactly. Don't be- celebrate not having to run laps, you asshole. Yeah. So and my health teacher was like, Brandy's pretty cool. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Got no. some cred. Yeah. No, I felt pretty <laughs> good about it. Um, but I like – I watched – after after nine eleven, Cable Guy is how I went to sleep every night the rest of my senior year. Uh, I, wow. would, I watched the Cable Guy like every night on VHS. Uh-huh. I wore out a VHS of the Cable Guy and bought a new VHS of the wow. Cable Guy because it just was like something about it was just like familiar. And I was uh-huh. I think there it just I was like it's dark, but everything turns out okay. Right. So it just something about that movie was just like literally like helped me deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a big thing, and also just like. I've always processed stuff, you know, I mean, I remember like watching The Towers Fall and being like, this looks like Independence Day. And yeah. I couldn't shake that thought from my head. Yeah. You know, so it's like I've always used, like I'm not particularly religious, so I use pop culture as like a lot, like uh-huh. a, a touchstone for like, you know, uh, like comparing things and thinking, like I, there's so many things that are just like, that's how my, like, a lot of my morality was like, you know, Frankenstein together from like watching right. stuff like that. So yeah. Cable Guy was just this weird like, cautionary tale of like don't go too deep into it but uh-huh. also like be be aware be mindful don't go off the deep end and like right. you know th- th- like all of that stuff kind of came together and it that's just awesome. that's like why it's like one of my favorite movies because it was like oh man like I got I got over 9-11 by watching The Cable Guy like what? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it's true. No. I mean it's the comfort food you know. Yeah. No 100%. I mean that that I, I watched it every day and like the those all those scenes, it was just like, these are ridiculous, these are funny, they always make me laugh. Yeah. But there's, like, a darkness here that uh, just yeah. felt right yeah. in the moment, too. Yeah, and know? a little substance to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just, like, you know, there's just, you know, the the, the tale of, like, not becoming that or uh-huh. letting yourself become that. Because yeah. I also, you know, I mean, my parents are processing in their own way, and, like, we would talk about stuff, but, right. like... How the heck do you talk to your kids about that? Yeah, when they're old enough to, you know. And I also was like, you know, a senior in high school, so I was like, gonna go to college. So it's like a lot of like, what happens when I leave? Too right. I'm moving to a city. What's about to happen? Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know, it just kind of like quelled so much of that stuff by just being yeah. like, okay, well, at least I'm still going by my real name. Right. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
The only way is through. A new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Join us as we hear from the world's greatest athletes, coaches, and trainers as they discuss how they utilize training, competition, and recovery to improve their performance and push through. Hall of Fame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw has established the culture of winning through her historic 35-season career at Notre Dame. But this season, Coach and her team are trying everything to stay afloat against a losing record. Here's Coach McGraw. I've never been in this situation before of having lost five starters. And I was just thinking the other day, you know how when you're going through things and, and the stress of being number one and being the team to beat and being every game knowing you're supposed to win, that that really weighs heavy on your shoulders. And I, I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? And my husband said, be careful what you wish for. And here we are. Listen to The Only Way Is Through, available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. We finish up here mm-hmm. on Movie Crush, the royal we, yeah. um, <laughs> with uh, a couple of things here. One is what Ebert said, because okay. I always like to read a, a quote from uh, the review. Okay. And... Uh, very sadly, Roger Ebert was not a big fan. He did not like Jim Carrey. He has come around. Oh, really? He came around on it. I uh-huh. remember there was... He does that a lot, or he did that a lot. Yeah. Would appreciate people later on in movies later on. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of his reviews, especially for some of Jim Carrey's really, like earlier movies in the early 90s, uh-huh. where he's just like, what is happening? Yeah. Why do you like this? Um, so, but what, what did they say? Well, that's a shame, though, to not like at yeah. least appreciate... Like maybe the movie itself isn't the greatest piece of art ever. Yeah. But how can you not realize you're watching like the modern uh, yeah. Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin or e- whoever? E- exactly. Yeah. I think I think there's a period in the 90s where he got a little bit too. I'm a critic, and then he like yeah. he decided to. Oh no, I there's more to life than this. Yeah. I should like maybe get off my high horse a little bit. Right. And, Jim Carrey's like rise and kind of like plateau kind of was in that part of his career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he gave it two stars and uh, okay. here's one of his quotes I pulled. Uh, we want to like Jim Carrey. A movie that makes us dislike him is a strategic mistake. So I'll go ahead and disagree with him right there. I'll disagree with that too. Like, yeah. I liked Chip Douglas. Yeah. Like, I wanted good things for that character. I know Chip Douglas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, God, I know so many Chip Douglases. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know any. Yeah. Uh, as it is, the movie gets uh, goes in one direction, and the cable guy goes in another. Don't agree with that either. Yeah. Uh, and by the end, we aren't really looking forward to seeing Jim Carrey reappear on the screen. I disagree with all of that. I do too. Yeah. Uh, and I, I usually like am pretty on board with uh, Ebert's yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, note to producers: There's an old showbiz saying that satire is what closes on Saturday night. To which could be added another: Black comedy is not what you pay someone twenty million dollars to do. Really? So that's factored in as part of the sour grapes, I think. Yeah. Which should not have like, I think as a critic, you shouldn't like, uh. Who cares what they got paid? Yeah. Is it a good movie? Does it stand on its own? Yeah. Yeah. No, he. So I was disappointed to hear this stuff. Yeah, it's a bummer. He had, he definitely like did not like Jim Carrey's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't his thing and he didn't, couldn't see past it. Cause I've, I've, I've always liked his reviews too and I've gone back and read his like Jim Carrey, his Jim Carrey movie reviews and been like, man, Ebert? Yeah. Come on. You wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> like, how Good much point. you take a seat? Yeah. I'm sorry this movie was too weird for you. What? Right. Yeah. We, what? what? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cisco liked it, by the way. Oh, come I, on, Cisco. I should have pulled a quote from him. <laughs> uh, and then we always finish with five questions. Okay. Um, and these can be short answers if you want, okay. or long. Doesn't matter. 
Uh, what is the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Cinderella. Okay. Yeah. With my good grandmother and my brother. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Good gam. Yeah. yeah. What would you call her, actually? Uh, sweetie Pie. No way. Yeah. God, that's adorable. Yeah, my Sweetie Pie. <laughs> I love that so much. What would you call the other one? Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just, or my mom sometimes, you know. Sweetie Pie, that's... Yeah. That that will make me smile for the rest of the day. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, first R-rated movie, theater or home? Uh, Total Recall. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, I just, yeah, Total Recall. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> yeah, I just remember, like, three boobs and eyes popping out. It's, like, I know. <laughs> those are my memories of that movie, and, like, not understanding it. And then when um, Schwarzenegger's head, like, uh-huh. opens up. Did you end up watching that, like, was it one of your movies after that, or? Um, I I, I always like it whenever I see it yeah. now, but it wasn't, like, I think I was, I was just too young to understand what was happening, and I, like, didn't. It, it was whatever my dad was watching and right. would like kind of pop in on. So your dad dug it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. He's a big Schwarzenegger fan. <laughs> uh, do you uh, – will you walk out of a bad movie and can you remember doing that? The only movie I've ever walked out of – oh, is it called Houseguest? Mm. That's Steve Martin, Queen Latifah yeah. movie? Yeah. That's, I didn't see it, but I know the one. That is the only movie I've ever walked out of because there's, bad, a, huh? there's a scene where – and I love Steve Martin. Yeah. I mean, and me too. It really like broke my heart to see him do a bad movie. Yeah. And it like um, there's a scene where so the premise is that he's like a lawyer. Or I don't even remember, but it's like he, he's like a lawyer trying to get this woman's case or she, a client or something, and she's like an old racist. But then for <laughs> whatever reason, Queen Latifah comes to stay with him because I think she he like he did something to her and like, she like is like, no, I'm staying here until you solve my problem or whatever. Um, so, but the, the, the woman like comes over the like rich old racist lady comes over to the house and he's like, (laughs) you can't be, you can't be here. You can't just like be here. You have to be, Oh man, just pretend you're my, you're, you're my house, my housewoman. You're my, you're my, you know, you're my servant. Right. There's this weird scene where the lady, this lady is just like, Oh, I, I used to, we used to have a girl like you when I Uh was a kid. And, And yeah. And just like, Start singing these like slave hymns at oh, her. Oh my god! And I was like, "What is happening? This is <laughs> why is this? Why is this happening?" Steve Martin, Queen Latifah, what are you doing? Right. And it really like it made my skin crawl. Uh huh. And uh, I just remember being like, "I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna leave." Yeah. Oh, I can just leave. Uh huh. I don't have to sit in this. So I, I, it's the only movie I've ever walked out of, and I've stayed through some shit. Right. Yeah. But I you mean, could not abide that. I watched all of Jack and Jill. <laughs> what was that? Well, I mean, I, uh, I don't know that It's that Adam Sandler. Oh. But I also didn't pay for it. I right. snuck, snuck into it. But oh, I, okay. But I stayed for the entire thing. Uh-huh. Uh, whew. Yeah. The only movie I've ever walked out of. How'd you sneak in? Uh, it was the, th- the – whatever theater we used to go to – like they didn't check the other theaters. So uh-huh. if you bought tickets, I remember we watched something. Oh, so you'd go into one and then go. Yeah, yeah I used to do that occasionally. The, the buy one, get one free mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd always like double or triple feature stuff at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think karmically we're all still paying for those things a little bit, right? Probably. <laughs> no, probably. For sure. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's like the worst shit I did when I was a kid. Yeah, no, same. It's like I never did anything bad. No, I, yeah. I was good. Let's sneak into a movie every now and then. Yeah. Uh, Guilty pleasure. What's your what's your big guilty pleasure movie? Hmm. <laughs> and if you don't have one, that's okay. But I'm just trying to think. Like I don't. 
I I generally don't uh, subscribe to the to the to the idea of guilty pleasures. Right. Yeah, because I just wear what I like on my sleeve, and I'm right. like, no, I I like the stuff that I like. I right. know, I know why I like it, and not like, oh, this is so bad, it's good. Type yeah. Of thing. I mean, like, I'm like still a Scott fan in 2017, uh-huh. so it's like, no, I mean, like that's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, no, I don't really have I don't really have anything that I go back and watch a million times. Not not anymore. I think all the movies that I used to do like that with, yeah. I've watched enough that they're just in there forever right. now. Well, and they're not guilty because you love yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. right. Good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, uh, I call this one Movie Going 101. Okay. So what is uh, what are your rituals? Do you like try to sit in the same place? you get the same thing at the concession stand? Uh, Junior Mints is my move. Okay. Um, usually, yeah. And usually I try to like bring them in from, you know, somewhere else. Yeah, I sure. Hate, I hate buying stuff at the concession stand. Uh-huh, yeah. I just, I hate it. Oh, man, I hate it. Um, but in LA, there's a theater called the Vista that I always go to. I used to live right down the street from the Vista. Uh, so you know the Vista. Yeah, yeah so great. The guy that runs it, he dresses up like the main characters in whatever movie is uh-huh. playing there and that's how he takes your tickets. Yeah. So it's just, it's and he's this like very sweet like older Asian guy and he has like a poster that he's made of himself in all these different characters' costumes. I don't think that ever happened when I was living there. Oh, man. No, that's what he does now it's great he just there he was just uh it the murder clown just like taken oh wow yeah yeah and i've seen him as a jedi i've seen him as iron man as captain america That's awesome. and he's always just smiling taking your tickets like he's he's my guy so yeah whatever we can see we see it there yeah um, so much leg room and yeah it's just ridiculous at the Vista. it's such a good theater and such a beautiful inside it's just gorgeous yeah yeah it's got that kind of like old egyptian kind of feel to yeah, it yeah. like the curtains part and it's i, I just love did you know that. that that is the movie um did you see true romance yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the movie theater from True Romance at oh, the really? beginning that's supposed to be Detroit oh. where he meets her at the Kung Fu. Oh, uh, wow. And you, it's just that Hollywood magic. They put uh, a fog machine up from yeah. the uh, from the uh, potholes yeah. – or not potholes, the uh, manhole covers. Yeah. And you just – it feels like winter in Detroit. Oh, cool. But it's the Vista. Oh, man. I'm at the rewatch True Romance. Yeah. So, uh, it blew my internet. mind when I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. That's the Vista? <laughs> that's in East Hollywood. Whoa. Yeah, man. it's crazy. That's really cool. All right. So the Vista, Junior Mints. Vista, Junior Mints. Um, I don't I don't set up close to the screen if I can avoid it. Uh-huh. I also – I don't do 3D or IMAX 3D. Yeah. Um, I can't stand it. It's mm, too much. And like it. that's – the Vista is just the right size. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I don't like I, – I do not like 3D. It makes me feel ill. Yeah. I don't like it either. I did – when it first came back – I think I did. I think I tried two movies. Yeah, and uh, just I don't. I don't need it. Don't like it. No, I feel like I can't. I can't take it all in. It's too much. Yeah, I like, don't want to be in the movie. No, I want to watch it. Yeah, I know that I'm watching a movie. Yeah, I don't think that I'm an orc. <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, but like in you know, in life, uh-huh. in life, I'm an orc. Not on screen. I don't have a TV credit as an orc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I get, I'll sit like halfway back if I can uh-huh. uh, with my junior mints and kind of just chill out. Like, with friends like, or by yourself or both? Um, Or bo- both. Yeah. Both. Like I, I'm pretty – I've seen a ton of movies by myself, um, but I also – I like I like having somebody that I can like deconstruct something with afterwards. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember seeing the first Kick-Ass movie 
um, and like with my friend Joe and we stood on like the, the roof of the arc light for like uh-huh. two hours. Just like I was like ranting about how much I liked Hit Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, give me more of that. Right. I want more of that and things. Yeah. <laughs> arc light's good too. Yeah. Arc so light's great. You live over in that area, I guess. So you I, go to the Los Feliz 3 too? Or? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I live in Eagle Rock. So it's, that's where I lived. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I live first down the street from the Vista. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, uh, when I moved in with my girlfriend, now wife, we mm. lived off Eagle Rock Boulevard. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're in that, we have like a, me and my boyfriend have like a trailer park, uh, there, that we live in off of Colorado. That's amazing. It's pretty sick. I'm like a homeowner. <laughs> it's, That's great. It's really funny because all our neighbors outside of the trailer park have like $2 million homes. Yeah. North of Colorado there. That used to be our yeah. good dog walk. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we used yeah, to yeah. love walking over there. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> and this was, geez, like 15 years ago. So. Eagle Rock was really affordable back then. Yeah. No, I, now it's like, I mean, we couldn't live there if we didn't live in the trailer park. Yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, I love our house. But yeah, it's like we have like a cheesemonger now. And you're wow. like, what? Eagle Rock? Okay. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's fun though. But yeah, all those East Side theaters. There's like a cheap theater in Pasadena we go see stuff at too. Yeah, we used to go to Pasadena once mm-hmm. we when we moved out there. Yeah. It kind of, it's just about the same as going into Hollywood, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a good time. So I kind of, I don't have like, the, I will go to the Vista. The Vista is showing what I want to see. And then I'll go like Arclight second tier. Mm-hmm. And then kind of whatever, whatever after that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm real loosey goosey. I'm going to see what I want to see one way or another. Right. <laughs> All right. Brandy Posey. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. All right. Safe travels. Thanks. How fun was that? Very, very cool. Brandy is the best. She's so funny and lovely and um, just a pure joy to be around. I'm glad she could come into the studio and share her love of the cable guy with me. And and how about that story? We got to the crux. She loves the cable guy because every night of her senior year after 9-11, she watched that movie to make her feel better and to put her to sleep. Uh, that was pretty remarkable. When I heard that, it was... Um, I was pretty amazed, and it, it definitely gave it a little bit of a, a deeper meaning to why she loves the cable guy. And movies can do that, people. They can make you feel better. They can be your happy place. And that was definitely the case here with Brandy. So go check out Brandy's uh, website. You can just look up Brandy Posey to find her comings and goings and listen to the Lady to Lady podcast. You won't be disappointed. Super, super funny. And you can always follow her at Twitter at Brandazzle, B-R-A-N-D-A-Z-Z-L-E. Really funny Twitter feed. I appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time on Movie Crush. And until then, uh, like, don't be a jerk. Throw your popcorn and your soda in the trash can on the way out, right? Hey, I'm Joe Levy. And on the latest episode of Inside the Studio... I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Richard Blaze, and I'm a chef and restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court, and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.